0: We all benefit from Michigan farm families who take pride in perfecting the art and science of growing fresh, high-quality foods and products year after year. Local Michigan farmers nurture what nature gives them, growing some of the most popular foods and products. Did you know that we rank number one in the nation in more than 15 products? In fact, more than 50,000 local farm families help to grow and raise more than 300 different great-tasting, high-quality, fresh foods and products making us the second most agriculturally diverse state in the nation. I'm Carla Wardine, author, avid traveler, part-time shuttle for my three boys, and a Michigan dairy farmer. I'm genuinely curious about what other farmers do on a daily basis, on or off the farm, and I'm here to share their stories. Thank you for joining the Michigan Grown, Michigan Great podcast. Today's story and others are available at michigangrown.org. Hello, everyone. Today with us, we have Matt Schaller, and Matt is president of Ag Community Relief. Matt, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing?
0: Great. Thanks for asking. Matt, can you tell us what Ag Community Relief is?
1: Um, Ag Community Relief is a nonprofit organization that we started in March of last year. Um, it's It's basically an agricultural disaster relief group. And uh, we got our start when the wildfires rolled through Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. And um, we, we never really had any intentions on starting something like this. But as we got to helping those folks down there, we created this really good network of people. And we thought it would really be a shame to kind of let it fizzle out. So we decided to get organized, and some people stepped up to cover the costs that are associated with that because they liked uh, the idea of what we were doing. And now over a year later, we've helped in all many different disasters from wildfires to droughts, uh, hurricanes in Texas and Florida last year. And uh, now we're kind of gearing up to help some people down here in the Carolinas this year.
0: That is so interesting. And I'm guessing that the ag community relief part of it is because there were so many needs specific to agriculture in these disasters.
1: Yeah. And, um, Like the initial initial job that we did was uh, load up hay to head down to help ranchers there in Kansas and Oklahoma. And um, everyone associated with with that run is involved in agriculture or uh, trucking in some way or fashion. And uh, we decided that there's a real need there to help other farmers and ranchers throughout the country. Uh, because they kind of get left out. I mean, FEMA steps in to help people. The Red Cross steps in to help people. But there isn't really uh, a go-to for farmers when when there's that need, and, and the need is great after a big disaster like that.
0: In seeing this need and being in the industry or in, what is your ag background?
1: Uh, so I uh, kind of grew up in the city, to be honest with you. Know, so the, um, my uh, grandpa grew up on a farm, and uh, he left the farm to uh, to go to the war back in World War II. So it's in my blood, and um, I guess when I graduated high school, I knew where I wanted to go, and it took me to a big farm here in Michigan, and I've drove truck there for 16 years now. Um, and then I've raised hay on my own, and uh, we've had horses and some cattle here and there, but uh, yeah, mainly, Truck driving, I guess, is my big thing
0: around the farm. Truck driving and then apparently saving people and animals. So a two-part job there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's come to (laughs) that.
0: So when you are dealing with people and talking about the different disasters, what image of farmers do people have uh, that you see?
1: Well, the the people that we've come to help um, are all in the farm industry, you know, so, so they, the, these people are, are really hard up for help when you, when you find them. And I think a lot of people can, can understand this, but they're not ones to want to ask for help. So we've, we come across these folks and, and you basically got to show up at their door with, with what they need and say, Hey, you know, we're here to help. This is, this is what we're doing. And, and, uh, they you know, give you that big firm handshake and they're happy to see you. Uh, they can be pretty emotional. I mean, these guys don't think anybody's coming to help them there and then when you, you show up with something that really, um, oh, I don't know, it makes a big difference. But um, we've also found that our organization is starting to get out there and people recognize their name a little bit and we're not just supported by farmers and ranchers. We've got people all over the place want uh, to help because they know that um, agriculture is really the backbone of this country. And um, when they can do something to help or they can learn about uh, things that they might not know about, it seems to uh, connect with them, you know.
0: I do know. And it seems like your different relief efforts certainly uh, have a variety of them. I know with the fire that fires, that was a Giant one, but also the other day you mentioned something about an equine rescue. What was that about?
1: Um, well, the, uh, the equine rescue that I was uh, referring to there is uh, uh, We got connected with a guy named Jim down in uh, Aiken, South Carolina, and uh, he's got an equine rescue down there and they also help uh, veterans and uh, folks with disabilities um, and They use the horses to as a therapy tool to help these people, and um, he's been our contact with this current hurricane situation and been feeding us information and things like that. So, um, we help on a large scale, which is kind of where we got started, which probably isn't uh, the place you would normally think that you would want to start something like this, but <laughs> something
0: giant, uh,
1: that's it, yeah, that's the way it happened. And, and we've come back from that, and now we've helped on small, you know, local disasters. Uh, barn fires. Earlier this summer there was a family down in southern Michigan that um, seen their barn go up in flames and the kids lost their 4-H animals in that fire. So we were able to to get them some things rounded up and get them some animals in time that they could get them registered for the fair. Uh, So that's kind of a little idea of what we do on a smaller scale
0: small-scale, big-scale, what needs are you seeing in the Carolinas right now with the hurricane situation? It's it's going to be a
1: different one. I mean, every one of these disasters brings out different needs, and it seems like with this current situation, there's a lot of farms and a lot of rural communities that are just cut right off and isolated uh, due to the flooding and the bridges that are knocked out. Uh, some of the roads have even washed away, so they're having to... Uh, line up some helicopters through the national guard to uh, fly in hay and fly in different things that these guys need. So it's still pretty early yet. Um, I, I had a conversation with uh, Jim last night and they're, they're just now getting some hay out to some guys and, um, his phone was ringing off the hook yesterday for that. Um, I'm sure over the next couple of days, we're going to get a lot more specifics, uh, with people requesting things. And, um, I know, um, dry bedding is going to be another big need down there. So we're going to keep in touch with Jim and and see
0: how it develops. Yes, because when everyone around you is affected, the materials just aren't in the area. They're not in the disaster area. Yeah, that's exactly right. So um,
1: to go back to the fires that we helped with there last year, um, I mean, it was, shoot, 30, 40, 50 miles out of the fire zone before you could find anything, and even that was you know, getting pretty well picked over. So on our way down, we ended up stopping all a good 100 miles outside of the fire zone and and packing the trucks full of uh, fencing materials and different things like that and trucking it in with us. But um, that's why our group kind of came to be was that, you know, we're willing to transport things from outside of these disaster zones into um, because they can't, they can't find the needs there. So um, with our organization, we find that uh, transportation costs is a, is a real big expense when doing something like this. So it's something that we're always looking to streamline and um, kind of make really efficient so we're not spending, you know, an exorbitant amount of money on, on trucking these things in there.
0: Now, when you say we, I know that, again, you do drive trucks, but who else is helping you? Who else uh, helped found this with you? Um, So there's a a real tight group of uh,
1: eight of us, and I should probably have everybody's titles right in front of me here, but I don't. (laughs) uh, quite all right. uh, Eddie Faley, um, he's our vice president. Uh, He is a store manager at uh, Helena there in Emily City, Michigan. Um, He was key to this. Um, Gordon Farms out of uh, Croswell, Michigan. Um, Christy Gordon is our secretary, and her and her husband uh, were kind of the, I guess when I put it out there that we were looking for a load of hay in the beginning, uh, she jumped on it and was making calls, and pretty soon the two trucks that we were looking to fill were overloaded, and we needed more trucks, so they stepped up to donate trucks and donated barn space to house everything that we were getting in. Um, My wife, Jenna, she's our uh, treasurer and we've got uh half dozen others that are kind of scattered throughout the state of Michigan here that help do things from our web design to um you know we we have advertising we have gosh all kinds of little things there that you wouldn't realize that an organization like this would need but uh, everybody's kind of got their own little specialty that they're good at and that's where they fit in.
0: I remember seeing all the pictures and the videos of the convoys that were going out last year. How were you able to take the support from the time during the fires and apply it to later disasters?
1: Um, with the with the initial run that we made, um, Christy Gordon created a Facebook page. And truthfully, before all this took place, I was never a real big social media person. I just, you know, never really had time for it and whatnot. But uh, she put up a Facebook page so that the people that donated to our um, initial trip could watch our progress down there and see where their donations were going and then keep in touch with those folks and watch them as they rebuild and get back on their feet. So um, through doing that, what we thought was going to be a small group, Of maybe a hundred or two hundred people blew up over that first weekend into a Facebook page that's now um, close to 7,500 people strong, from people here in Michigan to, uh, I guess I don't know, a dozen or two dozen states across the country, where people kind of picked up on what we were doing, was watching it through the Facebook page, and then went off and created their own version. Uh, So now there's a dozen other little groups, uh, throughout the country that kind of, uh, mirrored what we were doing. And that's our, our initial network that we've created. So we were able to take the, the people that, that donated to that first trip and the contacts that we made and keep them and, and go back to them for, for future disasters. So I guess, um, I guess social media is what created this and I never expected to ever use a tool like that for a disaster relief group but it's worked out amazing and and we keep going back to it time and time again for support and for ideas and to get people that want to volunteer uh, to step up and, and help.
0: That is wonderful, yes. It is a great tool when used correctly so I'm happy that you were able to find success with that. In the disaster relief efforts where you are providing something for farmers and ranchers that they can't get somewhere else, do you often think about what how farmers are dependent on weather for their livelihood?
1: Yeah, and, um, you know, farmers, they're, uh, I don't know, I think every farmer is an optimistic gambler because they depend on. On weather for everything they do, and weather is such an unpredictable uh, piece of this puzzle here that, I get, that we call farming. And um, you know, whether it's getting the crops in the ground, um, raising livestock through the summer, uh, in the winter for that matter, in um, harvest. I mean, every everything that we do is, revolves around the weather. So these uh, these disasters in recent years have gotten progressively worse. And, um, that's I guess that's where we fit in is taking care of guys when the weather really turns to its worst, but um it's it's definitely a big player in everything that we do.
0: Yes, thank goodness for the optimistic gamblers out there, all of them. <laughs> do you also deal with efforts before a disaster happens, like how to prepare a farm for the
1: worst? Um we've been asked you know what they can do to prepare. Uh, for different disasters and like um and some of this stuff is just things that we've picked up on and talking to these people that have gone through it but with the fires um you know something as simple as keeping your grass cut real short uh, around the farm because uh, when the grass fires move through you know they're looking for fuel to burn and if there's no fuel there around the farms and then, then the fire is going to fizzle out we've seen many many uh, houses and barns and things like that saved just because of that one simple thing.
0: In looking at your different efforts in starting essentially a second job here, what specific instances do you look at as a reason to do this?
1: Um, My main, I guess my main focus behind not doing this necessarily, but following through with it is uh, is to teach my son. I've got a, a nine-year-old son, and you know these kids, whether they're young or in their teens, they're learning on what we're doing every day. So, if we can be good examples and teach these kids right, I think it's gonna make for a better place down the road. So, when uh, the idea was floated out there about creating this organization, I thought what a better opportunity to teach you know my kid. And the other kids out there—that if you uh, if you put your mind to doing something and you want to help people, um, you know, you can really make something out of it.
0: And you formed essentially—it seems like a family business. You said your wife works as the treasurer, and you have your son. And where do you all live? Um, so we're here in Lapeer, Michigan,
1: uh, just east of Flint. There, uh, kind of about central part of the state, I guess.
0: Good place for transportation right
1: yeah yeah it's right on the main corridor there we run 69 quite a bit and uh my whole grain for a living so we're all over the state
0: what about equipment is there a way that farms specifically can prepare for a disaster with the equipment side of it
1: yeah it's i mean real similar to livestock if you pull the equipment out of the shed um i talked to a few guys that. You know they have their wife give them a hand, and they'll they'll take the combine and they'll take their tractors and just run them out into the middle of a field. And uh, they're going to be a lot safer out there in the middle of that field than they would be um, up next to buildings or uh, trees and things. And it's really just the uh, the flying debris that you have to worry about. And that's uh, I guess aside from a, a major tornado, all of the
0: debris flying around isn't is going to cause the kind of damage that you might see with a building collapse. The debris, just as reliable as the weather. It sounds like.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: How can people help?
1: Well, um, you know, our organization was created to help people, but but we don't feel like we're the only place that people can help by any means. Um, even in locally in our community, you know, you can get involved with. Um, other similar organizations, to ours, there's, um, you know, your local FFA club and uh, 4-H club and things like that. They've they've all got networks throughout your community, so they're good ones to get in touch with um, right after a disaster hits. Um, you know, you can, we provide information through our website. That's agcommunityrelief.com on a lot of these major disasters. Um, you can get a hold of any of us if you're interested in helping. Uh, we always are looking for volunteers, and um, you know, maybe volunteering isn't something that you can do, but if you would like to donate, 100% of everything that we bring in goes right back out to help farmers and ranchers around the country. Uh, none of our positions here um, are paid whatsoever. We are all 100% volunteer.
0: In moving on to the rest of the year and the rest of the hurricane season, where do you see your organization going in the next five years?
1: Well, we, we're working on a few things. Um, we would really like to to kind of have a home base at some point. Um, everything we do is you know, based on a, somebody's shed or somebody's shop, and um, that works for a while, but we're getting big enough now that having a home base of our own uh, would be really nice and that would give us room to store hay throughout the year because we find that uh, a lot of folks are in need of hay towards the end of winter and that's about when hay is hardest to come by here in michigan everybody kind of gets tight their hay and wants to make sure they have enough to get them through the first cutting but uh, if we can have a place to store hay and uh, store some other needs i think it would really benefit a lot of people uh, when one of these disasters hit so i could see us growing in that sense and And adding on more to our network, whether it's uh, more truck drivers that are willing to donate their trucking or their time when something hits. Um, We've also got a scholarship program that we've been working on, and we'd like to give back to those that have stepped up in our communities. And we just got through with our truck raffle. Uh, We raffled off a brand new three-quarter ton diesel pickup, and we were able to raise quite a bit of money for our scholarship fund with that. We're going to look to do that every year now.
0: Tell me more about the raffle.
1: Um, Well, uh, we got with Milnes Auto Group here out of uh, Lapeer in Emily City, Michigan. And they've got a dealership of Chevrolet, Ford, and they had a Dodge dealership that they had just sold. But uh, they gave us the option to raffle off a new truck, and the winner got to choose their brand of truck that they like. So we sold tickets uh, for four months and uh, we had to cover the cost of the vehicle Uh, the dealer gave us their cost so i mean it was a extremely good deal on a pickup and with the money raised from that above and beyond the cost of the truck we were able to put all that money into the scholarship fund we just had uh, the winner pick up the truck last night and we'll we'll have pictures of that on our website here in the next day or so
0: Matt, it always seems it's the most humble people who put organizations like this together. So as a farmer, I'd like to thank you. And for farmers everywhere, I'd like to thank you. And, again, could you tell people where they can find you online?
1: Yeah, so we've got a website. It's com, And uh, we're on Facebook. And I believe we are on uh, Twitter as well. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't do the Twitter part of it, but um, we're on there is as Community Relief also. So you can find updates on what we're doing, and uh, our scholarship program is on there. And we encourage people to go on there and uh, read about it a little bit. And maybe you're, you know, maybe somebody in your family qualifies for the scholarship. And I believe this year our uh, deadline is going to be in March. So look for information on that on the website.
0: Yes, that's why you have a whole group of people working, right? One of you will do podcasts, and one of you will tweet about it. (laughs) Absolutely. Everyone, this has been Matt Schaller, Ag Community Relief President. Matt, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. No,
1: thanks for the time, and uh, thanks for helping us get the word out there about what we do.
0: Thank you again for joining the Michigan Grown, Michigan Great Podcast. It's indeed great to get to know the Michigan farmers behind the local products in our marketplace. Supporting local farmers in your community is easy when you live in Michigan. We all benefit from the bounty of locally grown foods fresh from our state's family farmers. Join us again soon as we discover more farm stories directly from local farm families. And to find more information about Michigan food and farming systems, visit michigangrown.org.